Gray Fox. Praise games. you waiting huh hello and welcome to gray fox plays games the video games podcast for people that know that the bsaa are up to something but damn i'm not gonna pay dlc prices to find out i'll find out on my own thank you reddit anyway joining me on the pod today it's a man who if he was an elite sportsman doing an elite sport that required an entrance i'd like to think that his entrance music would be roy orbison anything at all you got it, Mr. Michael Garland Edwards, aka Michaelis. How you doing, sir? I am phenomenal. That was that was a wonderful intro. They get better every week. They get better every week. What can I say? What can I say? Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to see your smiling face, and of course, it's a pleasure to see moles in the engine room. Yes, I'd like to think Molesy in the engine room is listening to some classical music, like Hannibal Lecter preparing a meal. <laughs> Moles, man, how you doing, sir? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I can put some suspense thriller music on if you want. Yeah, that, that was good. <laughs> um, I would Jackson thriller. I'm just a bit disappointed you didn't get the Souls entrance. So uh, can you I'll just I'll pause it. and okay. just redo it, and then everyone will be happy. Okay. Michael Carton Edwards, our Souls, man! <laughs> there we go. Job done. Yeah, all, all, all good. So, yeah, what... What's in store today, then, boys? Nice. Well, we we knocked, uh, we held off recording for a couple of days because in the UK, uh, football's coming home, and we thought we'll let it come home and not be in a situation where we'd say football's coming home and it wouldn't be coming home. And it turned out football is coming home, so we're still happy. <laughs> That's just my way of saying we got football. Can we watch that and then then do it the next day, please, guys? Um, I'm doing well, thanks. Uh, Michael Carton Edwards. Over the last couple of weeks, because last last pod we were all e three. We're not e three now. So what have you been playing since E3? Well, I mean, there's been a humongous, and I when I say humongous, I mean a gargantuan eShop sale on the Nintendo Switch. And I have chanced my hand at a few little gems, you might say. Um, <laughs> so do you remember how on the other week, oh, the other week I buried Xenoblade Chronicles 2? Yes. I hate that game. I hate everything yeah, about that game, okay? However... Tonight's, tonight's wheel spin will be dedicated to the family of that game. <laughs> oh. um, however, right, I, I, whilst I, I, I hate that game, I have also read incredible things about the first one, which is, a, I think it's a, like a remake or a remaster, whatever, or like of the... Um, I think it was the... Th- was it on the 3DS, I want to say? I may have got that wrong. May have been a Wii U. I'm not entirely that sounds sure. Like a, that sounds um, like a DS thing. It's it? a definitive edition one, essentially, and is on sale, right. right? And I've heard incredible things. All the things I hated about number two are not present in number one. You see, and I like myself a good JRPG. Okay, so I mm-hmm. gave it a go, and I can report that it's it's really really good. <laughs> um, my my hatred of 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 Xenoblade maybe is maybe is misplaced. Uh, maybe it's just the second one I hated. Maybe that's it. Um, the other thing I've been playing uh, again because I mentioned there was a huge manga sale on. Uh, do, you, do you guys remember a game that came out for the Xbox 360 called Kingdoms of Amalur? Uh, Re reckoning, reckoning. I think it's called. It's not like Kingdoms of Amalur. Yeah, that that does seem yeah. like a very you game. To be fair, it's very on brand. Do you remember that was, game, Moles? Yeah, was that the game that was released either on the same day or very close to when Skyrim was released? That it could have been. Yes, I think you might be right there. I'm not entirely sure when, but I remember I didn't play it for long until Skyrim came to town, and then I, that's all I played. But um, yeah, so that game had a big budget. It had a, 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 a quite a in terms of the writer, like at a deep law, like the people that wrote it were like actual famous fantasy writers and stuff like that. And I remember it being pretty fun, but I dropped it for whatever reason. I think I borrowed it off a mate, actually. Thanks, Louis. Um, and uh, yeah, they, they then decided to bring it to the Switch for some reason, despite the studio having closed down many years ago. I don't know how it happened. I don't know why it happened, but I'm very but thankful it happened because it's, <laughs> it's also the music you see now. You may also know that I'm a big Banjo-Kazooie fan, yeah? One of the reasons I like Banjo-Kazooie is because the music is incredible. Grant Kirkhope is a wonderful, wonderful man. He helped with the music. 
on this yeah. game. You see, little things like that tickle my fancy. And uh, yeah, man, just uh, that's just look, it's a really easy game to rock in, enjoy the world, enjoy the music, enjoy the questing, enjoy the combat. Lovely stuff. And uh, yeah, that's kind of what I've been dabbling in. What about you, Mr. Flint? Ah, uh, so I. I finally succumbed to paying full price <laughs> for Marvel Ultimate Alliance 3, The Black Order. And I've got to say, I hot damn, man. I such The couch co-opness of those games is just so palatable. It's beautiful. Um, I'm a, I don't know how far I'm in, but I think I'm about halfway through. Um, I've started. To, I've got my team now that I kind of like. I remember I was WhatsApping you quite a bit. Just going, oh, dude, this is, this, this is dope. I like them. And you went, first of all, hero mode of the, the camera. Good yeah, shout. Heroic it's mode. Near, you need that. Hero, yeah. So much better. Uh, my team is four, Iron Man, Deadpool, because Deadpool has like this ability just to fire a taco gun over everyone, and it's basically just Armageddon on worms of just everything gets gets blown up. And also, I've got a soft spot for Daredevil. I really like Daredevil. He's not particularly great in this game, but I have this team together, and I'll interchange between him and Wolverine because Wolverine's just dope as hell, and he's like his his powers just absolutely insane, and he regenerates as well. Like, I've been playing the hell out of that on my Switch. Absolutely adored that. But also, I've been dabbling back in Devil May Cry Five. I've been playing that on the PS Five. Um, I didn't pay for the update because I'm like I'm not paying thirty pound for better frame rate and quicker loading times because to be fair the frame rate's already at 60 locked so like it's pretty damn good already and i, I finally completed that game i really don't don't like the v character i know you no, I, when i got to v is when i dropped the game i was really yeah. enjoying myself and then that guy rocked up and i was like yeah i ain't enjoying this bruv i gave him about an hour and then went done goodbye yeah i i, I mean where it goes really well is that when it's just hack and slash, absolute batshit crazy, you literally unlock as a weapon, as Dante, a motorcycle that is a sword. The sword is the motorcycle. It's chef's kiss, beautiful. It's so just amazing. It's all the things you love about Devil May Cry and more. Where it disappears up its own backside is it tries to do this whole timeline of here's an event that happens and you're going to find out this event from three different perspectives. And sometimes they'll race ahead. Sometimes they'll go behind. It's like, I don't care. I don't care. Stop telling me about what happened half hour ago when V turned up just before and he's got a bird going, oh, well, my friend, well, I'll find out what's going on. What? No. May that bird, like, do one. I am not, no, I have no, no interest no. in that bird so at all. in spite of that, it's excellent. And once I completed the game, finally, because I've had this game for like a couple of years, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to I'm gonna finish it because I feel like there's a monkey on my back, I want to finish this game. And I I unlocked the, um, the Bloody Palace, which is like, a, essentially, it's just a... a, a dungeon mode where you're just basically going through levels and i probably bashed out it for about 45 minutes then died and thought oh yeah not bad not bad got about 30 levels down looked at on the internet there's hundreds of levels and i'm like oh i'm never going to do this <laughs> i'm just gonna quit while i'm ahead but apparently the the carrots to make you want to pay for the special edition is they've included virgil as a dlc character and there's a little bit of a story unlocked for him. And watching the videos, the Digital Foundry guys done an amazing video about um, the, the comparison and different modes and stuff. It looks like the best character they've ever brought to life in a in a Devil May Cry game. So I'll wait and maybe if that's on sale. But yeah, that's what I've been that's what I've been playing recently. Uh, let's bring King Mole Man in. Well, you've been playing much recently, Mister Moles? I've been going through some of the back catalog that I've got. Um, so yeah, I haven't actually played much this week, uh, but. Um, Yes, God of War, um, Bloodborne started that. I know it's sacrilegious. I haven't played these games, but you know, it is. So you you messaged me when you when you were starting. Like, well, I started. Well, that, well yeah. I made you play it next, yeah. and then you were like, "Okay, I'm going to play it." Where did you get to? I didn't get that far to be honest, but um, yeah, I'm in the village, just running around, dying a lot of the time. I spend dying. It's a bloody hard game. Um, so between that, I've been flipping between uh, between Bloodborne, uh, God of War, part way through. Uh, played a bit of Destiny. Tried to give the new season a bit of a little dabble. Yeah, I have no idea what's going on. The story's way over my head on that one. Um, and I've been playing um, some Crash Bandicoot with my daughters. They're, I'm trying, oh, trying to nice. introduce them into gaming. So I thought I could put some cartoony on, and uh, yeah, they they don't get the dual thumbstick business and all the buttons and that. So yeah, yeah. What I've been up. doing is I, I get my kids to play Mario Kart on my Switch because you can put an auto accelerator mode on, so all they've got to worry about is just steering. Yeah. And uh, Lana seems to really enjoy that. 
So yeah, I'm trying to induce my kids into some friendly, kind of fun, comical games. Um, Before you break them out with Grand Theft Auto, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bloodborne. <laughs> Straight in. Yeah. I, yeah, they're not allowed to play those games. Hi, kids. <laughs> Elden Ring. <laughs> oh, man. Do you remember when you were a kid and, like, GTA come out and clearly it wasn't... It was before, like... I mean, when we were kids and that sort of stuff was coming out, it was before certification was really a thing That's on video cool. games. It was so all your parents just be like, what do you want about this GTA game? Okay, cool. Here you go. Oh, I'm just going to gun down millions of people. Like I'm talking about like the, back in 1996 when the first sucker came out. I remember having that on my PC. Ah, oh, what a time to be alive. Anyway, chap, shall we move on? Let's talk about all the things that make us happy to love video games. So E3 happened last week and Sony has responded in kind of not being part of the conversation by being part of every conversation over the last couple of weeks. They're starting to hoover up a lot of studios. In fact, they purchased, is that the right way of it, or acquired or or partnerships, whatever. House Marquee, the guys that made Returnal, they are now an in-house Sony studio. Uh, I think this was kind of like a foregone conclusion after the success of Returnal critically and commercially apparently as well. Um, what do you make of this, guys? Do you think this is going to lead to some cool stuff? Yeah, I mean, the guys, um, House Marquee guys, they they, they have basically been, um, they, they've, they've been pretty much um, basically on the PlayStation. That's kind of what they've been doing. I mean, they made, was it Resogun, Alienation, uh, Dead Nation as well? Um, I believe Alienation only came out on the, PS4, Resogun only came out on PlayStation systems. Um, yeah, like they've kind of been there anyway. Do you it's know what like I mean? the natural next step for them, isn't exactly. it? Exactly. Like a, a name on the on the front of the box sort of thing. Exactly. And, and for what it's worth, you know, I remember when Resogun came out, that was an incredible, incredible game. Uh, Alienation, again, really, really um, well received. And then you have Returnal, which is kind of like their, I think their first real foray into like triple A kind of territory, yeah. you know? And as you said, it was really, really well received. A really inventive idea, kind of like a 3D bullet hell sci-fi horror game. Do you know what I mean? Which is mm. just, I mean, like, what <laughs> on paper that just sounds bizarre, right? But it, it, by the looks of it, they absolutely nailed it. It's one of those games that I've been quite enjoying watching um, like playthroughs on, on YouTube because it's like, it's, I'm probably not going to play it myself. If I do, it won't be for a couple of years, you know, I imagine. So I'm like looking at it now, it looks sublime um gameplay looks solid well done to them basically i think they've had um i played the hell out of resogun for what it's worth um that was a really really cool game um really good acquisition by sony can't can't argue with mm. i think as they're trying to find a world where look let's make sure we've got the back catalog as healthy as it can be because i think it's going to only become more important as the value proposition as games pass keeps getting exponentially bigger they need to make sure that they can stay competitive by okay we can't go that there isn't another studio the size of Bethesda out there that we can probably go by right now, but let's go get as many studios as possible hoovered up now so that when they do drop their equivalent of doom or Elden rings or insert amazing triple IP here, um, we've got them, we've got them locked down and key. I mean, I think you know, insomniac was a, was again, I keep saying insomniac was such a smart acquisition because yes, they've done a great job with the Spider-Man games, but if you just look at the pedigree and stuff like how the new, um, ratchet and clank gang was received over the last few weeks, it just shows that like the pedigree of these amazing original IPs is going to keep, keep going. Um, speaking about IP, and sharing and collaborating, Konami, uh, they've finally decided to do something with their back catalogue. Uh, they're working with Blooper Team and announced the partnership. Uh, this partnership is focused exclusively on existing IP. They were very clear to say that. Now, they've decided to partner with a company that is a uh, world-renowned for working with horror games. So obviously, Blair Witch, right? They worked on the Blair yeah. Witch game, right? Is that, yeah? Okay. Yeah. So they're kind of world-renowned for dabbling in survival horror. And although Silent Hill is kind of been shelved for a minute, I think a lot of people are thinking that maybe this is the kind of time that Silent Hill comes back and maybe these are the guys to do it. What do you, do you think this? Do you agree? I think it makes sense. I mean, I, I don't I, like Konami, like, they, whenever any thread comes on on like recent era or anything like that in, ter in terms of like, you know, one, what's one dead IP you'd like to bring back? They're all Konami ones. Because Konami yeah. basically just abandoned everything. And it's like, do you remember when, like a few years ago, or a good few years ago, like Capcom were almost the same, right? And they then they all of a sudden, they had um, kind of a really good hit with Street Fighter. They had um, what else, the, uh, Monster Hunter as well. Um, yeah. And 
What else? They just they basically say? had like a five-year period. Like Devil May Cry, like, well, Devil May Cry. Like, yeah. They basically were like, you know what? Capcom were not in. The, I don't want to say they were in the doldrums, but they weren't exactly on top of the world. And from what I understand, you know, in recent years they've been posting record figures in terms of, in yeah. terms of dollars. And you kind of look at Konami and you think, why aren't you doing that? You have beloved IPs. Like, <laughs> do you not want to make money? I don't understand. So, I mean, like, uh, look, I've never played a Silent Hill game. You know me, boys. Horror ain't up my street. <laughs> Mr. Moles, I'll ask you this. Do you ever play a Silent Hill game? I've heard I have heard that Silent Hill number two is the one to play. Oh, I think I played the original one way yeah, back yeah, in the one. Silent Hill 2 was a f***ing revelation because it came out in the PlayStation 2 just as there was a significant jump in fidelity. And I always remember there was a, I don't know if it was a trailer or a demo just before it came out for the PS2 and you play, you saw the protagonist look in a mirror and it was just, it was just a clip of just some generic white guy in front of a mirror. But that was the first time you saw those graphics at that level on that game. And it was absolutely phenomenal. But I, yeah, I was similar to Miles. I played the first one to death. The foggy, it was a foggy game, wasn't it? There was lots of fog. Mm. <laughs> Dude, I, in that era, everything was foggy, you know? Even the, even the fucking Spider-Man games was basically just, it was like the whole city was covered in smog. Was called Smog Quest. I watched a. Um, sorry, I'm just going to come with a quick uh, a quick anecdote if you don't mind. So I watched. Um, so I also have been considering buying uh, Tony Hawk's for the Switch, right? Because nice. you remember Tony Hawk was my basically my Your game of the, my game of the year. I absolutely loved it, and and by all accounts, the port is freaking incredible, like absolutely masterpiece. And um, I, I was on YouTube and I saw a video recommended to me, which was like the uh, history of Tony Hawk's on, like, on, on other systems. The Nintendo 64 version, right? So Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 3 was the last ever N64 game. Oh, what way to go out? What a, what a mad way, right? So, but then I saw like a review of these games. And now obviously, um, what do you, when you play Tony Hawk's games, what do, you, what do you remember about them the most? Soundtrack. The soundtrack, of course, the soundtrack, right? The N64, if you'll remember, didn't have a CD. It wasn't, it wasn't CD-based. It was cartridge-based. Right. So yeah. they only had, like, like, the greatest hits of all of the songs. So, like, there'd be, like, a 10- or 15-second loop of a song. And there'd be some songs oh that didn't even God. have – they didn't even have a chorus. It was just, like, the intro of that song over and over and over oh, It's again. just, like, the first 15 seconds of – I don't know. Yeah. Superman. Like, there'll be all these kids that played it on the N64 and they'll be like, well, I didn't know that song had words. I only like the first 30 seconds of that song. Yeah, you kind of loop it. But, like, I was looking at the gameplay of these games and, dude, it was, it's like, it's like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater was just engulfed in fog. Like, the draw distance. How you could play, how did we play? Game was no to go to stuff. Well, this is it. Like the guy was no reviewing, man. the guy was reviewing like number two because obviously number two has a lot bigger worlds than number one did, right? In terms of the expense, yeah. and he's just like, there could be areas of the game that you completely miss because you just don't realize you have to go through eighteen feet of fog, and it's like <laughs> you watch him just skate into oblivion, and all of a sudden there's just oh look, there's another half pipe, and it's like where where did that <laughs> there's come? There's a from? bench. It's just like it's really really bizarre. Like how did we do that? Obviously for some games. But yet, in, hills and stuff. in the in the remaster, we knew where everything was. Absolutely, it's just like it's like yeah. just the memory, right? But like, it's weird because like horror games, are they as scary now because they don't have the fog? They build on atmosphere instead. So one of the things that Silent Hill was way ahead of its time for was you'd carry a radio, and if a enemy was nearby, the radio would do would go static. And it's very much the James uh, James Cameron's Aliens of the looking at the screen and the beep beep beep, you know, knowing it's coming sort of thing. That kind of suspense that it touched upon, it very much lived off of that. And a lot of survival horror games now use atmosphere and things like that. I can imagine obviously Silent Hill being the granddaddy of it all in terms of video games, in terms of atmosphere building. Um, it'll be fascinating to see where they go with this. But um, I have a feeling that this IP they're talking about is not going to be Silent Hills, or Hill, I should say. I have a feeling they're going to revisit Castlevania. 
I think they're I think they're going to use that. I mean, yeah, they've not specifically said survival horror. They've just said a be- they're going to work on beloved IP with us. And obviously, everyone's jumped the Silent Hill because of the pedigree. But it's not a far stretch in the imagination to go Castlevania. Doesn't get much more beloved than Castlevania, bro. Exactly. I've started watching the, the Netflix show. Actually, I'll give it. I, I recommend it. It is actually really cool. It's only about like twenty minutes, and it's, it's each episode. And those like sometimes it'll just be an episode where it's just some dude from the Belmont family in a castle drinking a glass of wine, talking about how the monsters are at his front door, and that'll be the episode. And then there are episodes where it's basically the most cray thing you've ever seen. But um, actually, let's, let's keep on the Silent Hills or future potential Silent Hill stuff bandwagon going, because the Abandoned game, which we talked about a few weeks back, of a lot of people hypothesizing, thinking that this is a Kojima slash Konami slash Silent Hill-esque joint. And they're like, no, it's not, but we keep doing things to be, oh, maybe, maybe we're not. On their trailer, they deliberately highlighted the letters p and t uh, when they were talking about being abandoned in a in a forest and they've now gone oh we're gonna do something revolutionary we're gonna drop a mobile app and on that mobile app we're gonna feed you content we'll give you exclusive stuff um, a playable teaser if you will and um, they were building up this big launch and they had a massive social media campaign then on the day that the app was due to drop uh, they posted the video from the ceo of the company just going i'm sorry we're, we're holding off to august i think I can't give you much more than that. Sorry. And then kind of disappeared. And I got to say, I was listening to IGN's podcast, talking about this podcast beyond, and they sounded so belittling. They're like, oh, this just sounds like it's a, a studio in over their head. And I'm like, you're a journalist. You're basically Warlock in that Die Hard movie, living in his parents' basement. You ain't got a chuffing clue what it's like to run a company. How dare you talk about a company like that? You literally and- make, like journalists make their money because of people like that don't belittle the people that you get the news from i don't get it like yeah yeah it's like do you do you like if i really hope someone at that company listens to that podcast and then when ign goes oh can we send a review it goes yeah tell your reviewer to go fuck himself that's i really hope they say that to him anyway um just do, sorry, quite, I, I just have, i have to just, apologies i'm so yes. i have to come in just very quickly you mentioned netflix okay yeah and that in my brain i started thinking of shows tv shows yes Yes. And because of that, I want to give a shout out to Lance Reddick. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Because uh, <laughs> I have just finished watching the season seven of Bosch. Okay. Uh, where he's in that show and he's incredible. As Ir- his name is Irvin Irving. Okay. <laughs> That's his name in the show. He's, the, he's like the police chief. And uh, obviously he liked a tweet of ours the other day, the other week. And I, I was very pleased because I could picture him just going, look, you know, in his incredible... <laughs> just look at his film. He just goes, uh, another person appreciates me. Exactly. You just, have a good day. <laughs> you have a good day. Yeah, I, lo- I love him. I love his voice so much. And I just wanted to express my love for him on the show. So You know what? We should take every podcast going forward, a 30-second segment where we just say how much we like that man's voice. Can we... Can, all right, how about we do this? We officially induct, okay, a Hall of Awesome. Oh my god, yes. And the, the first the first like person that's going to crescent the gates of awesomeness. It needs to be this man. It needs to be Lance Reddick. I'm just seeing if he's ever and obviously because he was the dude in Destiny as well. Yes, yeah, Savala. He's got an incredible, incredible voice. So for me, I feel like he's a perfect first first inductee. Ah, that is that's. Here's one. I don't want to do it now, but maybe it's a wall, a wheel question. But think about this for a future time. What is your? And it's America's birthday today. Happy birthday, America! Your Mount Rushmore. I'll say again. Your Mount Rushmore of voice actors in video games. (laughs) Think about that and come back, and we'll do it another time. I like it. Stick that on the wheel, bro. I love it. I love it. Right, yeah, we'll put it on the wheel. All right, cool. So anyway, um, uh, the studio that was making the abandoned game, essentially they've had to hold back. I think the reason why they've had to hold back is I think Sony will be having a state of play very soon and they probably want to announce a bunch of stuff then to get people going. But look, let's face it. My, I, I don't know what they're doing. They're probably making something amazing. Judging by the videos, it sounds pretty cool. Um, I think that IGN can go 
stick it where the sun don't shine for being so patronising about them. Uh, quite frankly, these things happen. I've been involved in in tons of mobile app launches, and I can tell you they're not smooth sailing. You have to go through a bunch of approval processes. There's always different things that are holding you up. All it could take is just someone at Apple or someone at Google to have gone, oh, actually, yeah, you need to resubmit again because it turns out you didn't tick the box that says it's got explicit content in. You know, it could, there could be so many things that hold that up. We don't know the truth. I'm sure we'll find out the truth somewhere one day. But what I can say is that the game is looking banging from what we have seen, and I cannot wait to see that. But again, my hypothesis is, and I'm going to stick with this, that Konami is going with uh, the uh, blooper team on Castlevania because those guys are actually doing something in Silent Hill, and we will find out then. Um, anyway, let's move on to something another thing the internet wasn't too happy about, is that GTA is going to necessarily not be giving us that sixth game anytime soon. Mikey, what's your, your thoughts on this? Am I right <laughs> in saying that it's 2025? Apparently so. Apparently we have to wait until 2025 before what, what, GTA 6 comes out. With a Fortnite-style evolving world. Is that is that this is what I've heard about GTA... Uh, for, uh, GTA no, it's GTA 6. What am I talking about? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it's like a Fortnite-style evolving world... Obviously, there's crazy new tech involved because it's next-gen, next-gen, next-gen. How long, if it's 2025, how long would it have been between GTA 5 and 6? 12 years. 12, 12 years? Yeah, 12 years, yeah. Dude, do you remember like when you were on the PlayStation 2 and there were like three Grand Theft Auto games out on the PlayStation 2? Yeah, yeah, because you had, you had three. Vice, Vice City, City, San Andreas. Andreas, yeah, that's insane. Not to mention the Liberty City. Uh, the, they done a bunch of PSP games, didn't they? And then yeah. they ported them onto the PS2. So at one point, you could have like six. Is that going to be a PS5, PS6 cross-gen? Who knows, man? I mean, I'm fascinated to know the why. And I think maybe there's a couple of reasons. One is that apparently this up next-gen update in November for GTA 5 is a lot bigger than what anyone has given it credit for, as in they are taking a lot of the engine that they upgraded for Red Dead Redemption 2 and putting that into the world of GTA 5. Uh, apparently, this next-gen update is going to be the biggest next-gen update we will ever see on a cross-compatible con- uh, console launch. So, like, I let's see what happens in November. So maybe that's taken a lot out of them. Also, you know, they're notorious for crunch. Like, they, they are one of the worst companies going for it. There's books about how people have crunched this because the art they have created is... is not just so granular it's so expansive and so many people are involved in that so maybe for the first time ever they're sitting down and going you know what we can dine off gta 5 a little bit longer if this means that we're going to get a game on the magnitude of gta 5 and you know what it didn't kill a small village (laughs) to produce then i'm kind of happy by that to be honest but that leads into another piece of news it was actually shared to us by a listener called kevin thank you very much for sending us over the link kevin is that grand theft auto's uh, co-founder co-creator and um, dan hauser has formed a new company and registered it i think it's called uh, absurd games um that's all really the news is it's just that he's formed a studio i mean it was at the end of last year that he parted ways with rockstar his, his brother still runs um rockstar so that's that's you know wonder what the next gta game will be like for the first time without dan's hand at the wheel um that's not a pun sorry um but uh what do we think what first of all do we think gta 6 is going to be amazing considering one of the co-founders is no longer there anymore and where do we think dan's going to go with his next company i mean that's impossible questions to answer flint thank you for asking (laughs) um look i think gta 6 much like the elder scrolls 6 you know for many people, that's their their favorite their favorite franchises, right? And we've had to wait so so bloody long for a sequel that they will either go to one of two ways. You'll be you'll have people that will basically say it's amazing no matter what, or you'll have people saying my expectations were so high that There's nothing nothing could, nothing could meet it, those yeah. expectations. I mean, this is the thing we don't really know what a, a next gen Grand Theft Auto looks like. We don't know what it looks like. Look how crazily detailed. We, don't know, we didn't know what a previous gen no. looked like because they just upgraded the one from the generation before. <laughs> exactly. So like, we don't know what this stuff looks like. I mean, I, I we, were at, we are at the point with GTA where it's like, what else can they actually do? 
know what I mean? Like yeah, I, yeah, I yeah. felt like Grand Theft Auto Five was pretty much perfect. I loved the story. I thought the graphics are great. The gameplay was solid. I mean, best shooting probably ever in a GTA game, mainly because it was just auto lock on everything, which was you know, <laughs> makes things a lot more easier because aiming on GTA is a nightmare. Um, you know, pretty much everything was on point. Where do they go now? Like, and bear in mind. The last one was released a long time ago. The world has changed quite a lot oh since the last yeah. one was released. Can you released. imagine the writing of that game? In I mean, I think it can still work because it's a parody. Like, it's not meant to be. It's meant to show, like, the toxic masculinity side of humanity, and that will always be prevalent regardless of whatever society sort but of deems huge, appropriate or not, right? But there's a huge part of that game where you spend real-life money to acquire glorified big weapons that glorifies killing people do you know what i mean like it's fortnite is though right it's just done in cartoons now i know but it's um it's i know you mean like regardless of the parody there will always be critics and it's you know i I, yeah i I kind of i'm here for the backlash to be honest with you a little bit i I think it's going to be quite um quite something as for fella making his own company who the hell knows? I mean, you know. If I'm Sony, I am on the phone to him right now saying, I don't even know what you're making, but the answer's yes. <laughs> and how much of this checkbook would you like, sir? <laughs> how how big a novelty check should I send through the post? Uh, exactly. I, I want Duffman turning up with all the <laughs> all of the PlayStation merch and just going, boo, yeah, you get a PlayStation shirt. You get an exclusive. <laughs> Sorry. That was my favorite thing you've ever done. i i'm 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 kind of yeah sorry for the impossible question i agree that it's interesting to see where gta can go i think that cyberpunk has kind of forced their hand in terms of narrative a little bit because if you think back to they always like to retread old ground in terms and i mean in a bad way of we have these kind of four locations that we keep revisiting like a final fantasy game that they turn the world map to a different different angle and it's a new world map it's actually the same world map that was there before they've kind of done that with um with san andreas when you come back to it in just a different name of los santos and everything else in between of that now they did have one deviation away from that back in 99 with gta 2 which was set in a futuristic world and i always thought they would always go back to that world and I think any thought of them doing that has been completely like, no, Cyberpunk are kind of, they're doing that. Whether they've done it well or not, that's a separate thing. But I don't know if they would want to go in that direction again. I would like them. They've done a GTA London, if you remember. That was set in the 60s. And that was interesting. And Miles is giving the chef's kiss there. Let's bring Miles in. What do you remember about that game, son? That was fantastic, that game. Oh, it's, really, it's just, they've got to go back to London. I got to do it or go to Europe, go somewhere different in GTA. The the, 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 the difficult thing with that is, is that you could go to London at the time that that came out. In my brain, due to a large part, Austin Powers, in oh, my head, do you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was already the sports came car, out the first Union one, yeah. Jack on it. Exactly. GTA, as you mentioned, Flint, it's a parody. It works because it's a parody of America. It's all of the bad bits of America rolled into one package. What what is a parody of like, you know? Is We're there living a, the parody of, of England at the moment. <laughs> this is it. Like, I mean, I, I'm I'm not sure that um, you know a parody of some asshole politicians, you know, that's really going to be uh, or privately school educated. Do you know what I mean? I'm not sure that's going to really yeah. uh, like be appealing to many people because bear in mind gta is a global franchise you know everyone knows america everyone knows it's the land of opportunity it's that it's rife for parody you know the hollywood industry everything it's just it wasn't long before that it was basically a scorsese movie it was a gang it was always a gangster narrative that kind of gone through and then they've done it through different lenses they've done it through the lens of uh, what it's like to be an african-american they've now done it through the lens of what's it like to be a washed up constantly chasing the big hollywood big time which is kind of what the last one done whilst mixing it in with um i can't remember trevor which is just who knows what the fuck he is but he's just hilarious and an amazing voice actor as well by the way he might he might just about make it onto our mount rushmore at a later date but um yeah it'll be fascinating to see where they go and no I'm, I'm intrigued i mean obviously they went the last time they did three different characters i think you know i do think there is a clamor among some people for them to have, to have a playable woman character but then mm. do you know what i mean like there's gonna be things like that but then as soon as there's 
I, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do. And it's probably one of the reasons they've spent so long before they've made another one because yeah, it's how do you follow GTA five? Do you know what I mean? I, good luck. You hope you do it in a way which you stay as far away from that game as possible and quite literally in time by the sounds of it as well. Um, you mentioned it a moment ago, another game that is also people are clamoring for their sixth iteration and we've been waiting a hell of a long time for is Elder Scrolls six. Um, we thought that this game was, pretty much ready to be announced at some point in the near future because we've waited so long since Skyrim. And we've heard not much, but because of a best, an investor call, um, they've announced that Elder Scrolls Six is in its design stage, which means you know, you're looking probably at three or four years before we're realistically seeing much stuff out of this anyway. So it's another one which is taking a minute. Oh, I mean, they're using the Starfield engine, right? That's, that's the plan for it. That's the gimmick. Oh, that's I see. Gimmick. So, you know, it's not... N- it's not necessarily that they've got to build a new engine for for it. You know, it is the fact that um, they should already have an engine, which they've which they've been spending years making for Starfield. Obviously, you have to think that once Starfield comes out, they can take feedback on board and fix things um, and make mm. adjustments and things like that. But the base engine, you'd think, would be there. If it's in the, des- the design phase, I mean, yeah, I, hope, I, I give it, to be honest with you, about 2025, 2026. But I, I would say 2025. How many more times can they re-release Skyrim in that time? <laughs> oh, um, God knows how many times. It'll be Skyrim Tamagotchi that will go back in time there. Skyrim on your yo-yo, you know what I mean? That'll do. The Skyrim Pogs, yeah? That's They've got to do, I think they will probably do a next-gen update for the remaster of Skyrim. <laughs> Just something so they could be like, hey, you can play it with instant loading times. And, and you know, that. I always remember the vampire DLC of that. I always seem to play that the most. And when I go start a new game on Skyrim, I inevitably end up doing the vampire DLC by mistake. Because you just end up at a tavern and just going, oh, yeah. Ah, hello, stranger. Look, he's got points in his neck. And you're like, oh, fuck, I've got into this one by mistake. All right, we're here. (laughs) Suppose I'm doing it again. And then you've got to basically sit there going, I can't go out in the daytime. This is bloody annoying. (laughs) Uh, Very, very frustrating. Nah, well, just to wrap off some news, um, in uh, ahead of the state of play that will be announced quite soon, there was a PlayStation blog, not a PlayStation blog. They said that Streets of Rage 4 is getting a DLC. Mikey is waving his hands in rejuvenation there, my friend. Have you seen the trailer for it? I've seen the game. I watched like a on the blog. They didn't put the trailer on. They stuck in someone playing it for like 10 minutes. Ah. It was basically like a like a... I, what what what's this actual DLC going to be? Because it looks like you get to play as the bosses or something. So it's like a like an endless kind of challenge mode, right? Um, where you basically start, and as you clear stuff, you'll get like power ups. You can choose between power ups at the end of it, where you'll get like new moves. You'll get all kinds of crazy stuff. You'll get basically upgrades to your character, which do crazy stuff as you go along. All right. And you keep, it feels like a roguelike to a degree. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you know, like Hades where you get different power-ups and it feels like that somehow, but it's, but it's Streets of Rage. That's pretty dope. It sounds incredible. I'm all all in for this. I saw the fact that they're going to add a bunch more um, playable characters for you to do the story mode with and the arcade mode with. And I just really hope they lower the barrier of entry to unlock them because me and my kid were playing through Streets of Rage 4 to unlock. And I think we got to um, the original Street Fighter cast in their pixelated form, like the the first four characters. And that took us about seven playthroughs of unlocking lots of points to get to. And there's plenty of space left on that menu screen, which suggests there's a lot more to be played to unlock. How much? How, how far did you get in unlocking the characters? Uh, I unlocked all the original ones. Um, and, uh, and Skate, did I get Skate? Or add or Max, one of them, the big wrestler guy. Yeah, I got uh, that was the last one I got, Max. Yeah, um, I got to a point and then I was like, I've had my time with this now. I'm pretty happy. Um, the game is fucking hard. I will say that it's a bloody hard game, and I'm not very good at it, which annoys the shit out of me. If I'm honest with you, uh, I haven't played it since they released a patch, which apparently did uh, make things a little bit better. One thing I would say for Streets of Rage, uh, an aspect of DLC that would make the game basically everlasting would be to have randomized enemy placements yeah same levels same enemies random placements that way i ain't never getting bored i'm playing that game forever 
Mm. You know yeah, I mean? yeah, that's a good shout. That is a really good shout. I think um, that's it's perfect, pretty much as it is. Like you say, there's not you can't really fault it. Um, however, I just think the barrier of entry for unlocking stuff is just a bit too high. It's too many playthroughs at too many higher difficulties. Because, like I say, it's a chuffing hard game, and they should really like. There's some so there's so many cool Easter eggs in there. If you see an arcade machine and you can get hold of a taser and throw the taser at the machine, you can end up playing an original Streets of Rage game, and you go. Why are you not shouting about this? Everyone crapped their pants where you could play the original Crash Bandicoot level for like 10 seconds in Uncharted 4. They've stuck the whole damn game <laughs> like in various oh, mate, different machines. Mate, that when when on so I'm just going to go back to Uncharted 4. When you play Crash Bandicoot in Uncharted 4 and yes. it's like this is cool and then it goes it flicks back to Nathan Drake on his couch. The the difference in graphics yes that is deliberately done that to show you how far it's gone it's one of the most mind-blowing things i've ever seen playing a video game i was like oh my god this is this is real life isn't it what's happening (laughs) like yeah absolutely mental bruv mental Love it. Uh, yeah, and also, um, yeah, that DLC just looks incredible. But one thing I did see was that in some of the, the sizzle reels they were showing after the playthrough was it looks like they've taken the original levels from the original games and made them stages within this, like you say, it's roguelites mode, which is going to be pretty awesome. Anyway, let us know your thoughts on that on Twitter, at GreyFoxPlays. But I think that that's the news done, the satisfaction, boys. You know what time it is, Mr. Moles? It's time for the wheel. There you go, sunshine. So, yes, we've got a bunch of topics. Some of them are, are us. Some of them have been listener-generated. And the idea of this is that we have had no time to prep for this. And we're just going to chat the shit and see how it goes. Sometimes we get some gold. Sometimes we get not so gold. But anyway, let's find out. Right, gentlemen, here's here's a nice one. Your top three platformers. Okay, okay. Mike, it's too easy for you. I was going to say, yeah. We'll go go Mike at the end because we kind of know where he's going to go. He's kind of on brand first. Right, so if I had to say, Mike, and this has to be your top three, right? This is not best game sales, best Metacritic scores. You know, that happens to be great, but just for you, personal-wise. So, and... It says top three, so let's do it in priority order. So for me, number three, so the third worst in the list, obviously, Spyro the Dragon, the first one. Reason why is because that's such a charming little game. The flying's lovely, and I just generally have a soft spot for it. I remember when I first played it, and it was just, oh, this is, this is nice and fun. Well, that was pretty much, it was pretty much a kid's game, but I really, really enjoyed it. Um, second one, is I'm gonna I'm gonna carry the torch for this. There's probably about four other people on the internet that remember this game and maybe even like it. There was a little platformer called Jersey Devil. Now I got this game. Yeah, I know you'll 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 be struggled to find much information about it. Um, I got this game because there was a little charity shop by my by my by my house, and I used to go in there every now and again on my way back from school, and used to just you know buy stuff, sell stuff because you know you're a kid and. They had, I got a game. Oh, we got a game section. I'm like, you got a game section, mate. Oh, that's nice. And I saw this game here, and he goes, "Yeah, what do you think about it? It looks pretty good." And I was like, uh, "I can't say no. It's a charity shop. Yeah, I'll buy it." So I bought it and I played it, and I absolutely loved it. It was basically this purple guy who was in this like it was like a Tim Burton game, and but Tim Burton has nothing to do with it. It was just the the art style was very tim burton-esque and i just remember playing it loads and getting a lot of enjoyment out of this i can see mikey's doing a bit of research right now and his face is lighting up with with interesting things he's reading about this was this is this a game that's gone aged well on the internet or is it really hard to find I, i'm watching a video of it i'm watching a, a, a gameplay person someone playing it you you're right it's a purple fellow in a tim burton world it's bizarre um, yeah, and it's just it used to, I just remember used to get pumpkins and throw them at stuff, and the music was very, very atmospheric. He's picking up pumpkins. That's that's what yeah. I'm saying. Um, yeah, this game looks, you know, I mean, it looks quite old. I would say. 
Oh, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the studio went under. There was never a sequel. Like, but I just remember I've, I've got a real soft spot for that game. When you walk over a pumpkin, there's no animation of the picking up. It just it just, it just, just disappears. <laughs> <laughs> wow, but, and, uh, and for my number one, I'm going to go with Crash Bandicoot Warped. Uh, for me, that is basically Crash at the height of his powers. The, the game was just amazing back then. It included the right element. It's before Crash jumps the shark for me in terms of additional abilities, storyline getting too long and everything else but also it's mini game of the karting level was so good they actually went and made a game on top of that and then when the crash bandicoot reignited trilogy came out like crash one's obviously the daddy because it's crash one but seeing all the sum of all its parts kind of show the greatest hits in crash bandicoot warped and for me when i was a kid that was the only crash game i actually completed the other two were too hard for me but when i got that reignited trilogy i made sure i went through every one of them god damn i loved that so that's my my top three uh should we go to mikey or moles you want to go next go go to moles that's the king the mole king yeah i mean platformers i've never really good platformers i ain't got the patience for god how can i, I, I okay scrap spyro Mario Odyssey. Yeah. I, say, I, mean, I mean, it's so good. I mean, sorry. The, Just kick myself. I mean, if, if Mikey doesn't say Mario 64, then we don't know him at all, to be honest. But yeah, Mario uh, I'm not going to say Mario 64. I'm going to say Mario 64. That game was pretty much, yeah, breathtaking. Not to look at now. Pretty shoddy to look at now. Um, I was big the Odyssey engine and yeah. just take Mario 64 with it. Just remake it. Everyone's remaking games nowadays. Um, I'm going to say Sonic. I was a big, I was a big Sega, Sega player back in the day. Oh, yeah. Sonic. Yeah, Sonic. But then when, when Sonic started going all 3D, they lost it. Just give me Sonic 1, 2, 3 and Sonic and Knuckles and just, that's it. Just stop. Um, other platformers. I mean, a- Abe's got to be good, isn't it? Is Abe oh, a platformer? Yeah. Uh, I'd say it's a scroll. Uh, it's it, a platformer. Also you you can't jump. It's not a platformer if you can't jump. Oh, okay. The clues yeah, in the name, right? You have to be able to jump onto platforms. Mm, okay. yes, yeah, that's a really good point there, to be fair. All right, let's, uh, Miles, you're straining because of the, because the history of the yeah, tapestry yeah. out there. Let's, yeah. let's go to Mikey. What's your top three, son? Pro- all, right, your- so, all right, so big shout out to Sonic 3, which I think is the best of the Sonics. Um, it's not in my top three, but I played Sonic 3 to death as a kid, to death. And to this day, it is one of the greatest soundtracks you've ever heard of, okay? I think I've talked about this on the show before. Michael Jackson, heavily rumoured to be involved. There's a reason why Sonic 3 isn't released on any current systems now because they can't get the they can't sort out the licenses for the soundtrack. It's a bloody minefield. Um, but no Sonic games make it. Mario Odyssey comes in at number three. Um, it's a game that I, I I literally completed everything I could. Every poxy red coin or purple coin. Every, every moon. Every single moon. Every okay. single spoiler thing. alert for anyone who really want who really wants to discover this themselves. I'm I've completed the game, and you're you know you're supposed to just rack up a number of moons to unlock another Odyssey. What is the final Odyssey? Is it worth grinding for? Have you done all of the um, the silver boxes? So when you mean silver boxes, where every time I turn up at a map I've been to now, a thing will go, oh, there's a, there's a thing. You go collect this thing and it tells you where every moon is on the map. Is that what the silver boxes are? Uh, so the still like, so have you done, for example, have you done the dark side of the moon? Yeah, I've been on, yeah, I've been to the moon and there's like a dark side of it that I've done. Have you been to, on. have you been to the, the have you printed Princess Peach's castle? Yes. And it's basically Princess's castle from Mario 64. Yeah. Just done up very nicely yeah yeah i've done those things i think there's much more for you to do bro oh okay i'm so glad you've said that because i was there thinking oh i'm a, i don't ah, think so i like it's been 50 a, it's moons been, away and is this worth doing <laughs> it's been about three or four years since i played it so i can't really remember if i'm honest with you but i um i, I every single thing you can do on that game i have done there is nothing else to do i have beaten all of my switch friends and all of the games that you play where you connect to the internet the skipping and the volleyball and all that i i, I sat there until I was top of every bloody thing there was. Okay, I, I can now. I, yeah. I, I, I turn it on. There's nothing more to do. My work oh. here is done. 
it is complete. Right? Joyous little game, though. Purely because of that, it has to be in the top three because I ain't many other games. It is, I'm doing it's, that it's great. It's, it's perfect. Uh, number two, Jack and Daxter won the Precursor Legacy. Um, an incredible, incredible game. It's basically a Pixar movie come to life, PlayStation 2 era, and it looks still looks as beautiful today as it did back then. Uh, they obviously released a remastered version for the PlayStation 4. It's the only game I've platinumed. I'm two trophies away from Bloodborne, and I will be two trophies away from Bloodborne a, a year from now. So that's uh, <laughs> that, that's all there is to say about that. Uh, but Jack and Daxter, they ruined it by going Jack 2. They turned into GTA and Jack 3, less about the better. Number one, pure platforming genius. Okay, an incredible gra- an incredible gameplay, perfect platforming action, great moves, great um, uh, uh, voice acting, great story. Everything is perfect. Assassin's Creed Two. <laughs> um, number one, look, guess. I, I, I would have Banjo, to say it's it? probably Banjo-Kazooie. It is exactly so, Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. It's the greatest game of all time. It's the best game there is. And this is why I, I'm reticent to say Super Mario 64 um, because Banjo-Kazooie is a better game. And um, I liked Super Mario 64. I played it a ton on the, on the you know, when, I, when I had a 64 as a kid. Um, I completed it. It was great. It was phenomenal. But I thought Banjo was better. And... That's really all I have to say about that. So there, there you go. go. There you go. Some there's some apples there to be chomping on. Uh, Mr. Mr. Moles, did you think of anything else for your top? Yeah, Mike, Mikey mentioned uh, someone a minute ago and just remind me, reminded me of a game I used to play a lot on the Mega Drive, uh, which was Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. <laughs> which was... Uh, the only game to have really, a dance button. Which, which was brilliant. And that, yeah, great game. Um, it's a bit of a bit of a risky game, isn't it? It is a bit of a risky game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a bit risky, but there was a great game, all in all. You know what? Uh, Christopher Plummer's Moonwalker. Uh, Moonwalker. <laughs> That's what they'll do. It's put Christopher Plummer over it. There you go. Anyone who's problematic, they'll just superimpose Christopher Plummer over it. Just very, very quickly. Yeah. Does anyone else miss platforming games? Like, so they recently brought out a hat in time was a few years ago. That was quite well received. Uh, Ukulele and the Impossible Lair. Um, Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze was a really good game. If you haven't got that for the Switch, it's like the best 2D platformer on the bloody thing. Um, But that's kind of it that I remember seeing recently. There's one that came out fairly recently. Um, I can't remember the name, but it's been panned beyond belief. When I was a kid, you'd had like Toe Jam and Earl, Cool Spot. um, Oh my God, Cool Spot. Gex. That, that little seven up guy yeah man you'd have gex you'd have um even something like beautiful joe would you class that as a, as, as a as, as a platformer potentially there were so many bloody platformers all of the bloody time and there just isn't anymore and it's like it's a shame man it's a shame maybe it's because they can't stick a live service on it and it's like ah oh, it's not gonna make us any money yeah it's also, like it's kind of it's, i don't want to say the word redundant but putting a story to it's always hard one other one other one to mention is uh rayman Oh my okay. god! How um, gone about Rayman? The uh, what's the one that's out? Like it's been out for ages, and all uh, and all the uh, on all the consoles. Rayman. Oh, Legends. Um, Legends. Um, yeah. That game is. If you haven't played that game, it's a it's a masterpiece. Okay, that game is genuinely a masterpiece. The perfect game to play a lot of with a with a with a young child or what have you, because it's genuinely genuinely excellent. If you have it, you can pick it up for like a five on every platform you want to play it on. Really, really, really good. Can't recommend it enough. Oh, makes my choice of Spyro look really shit, doesn't it? Yeah, I'm surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised me if you mentioned Little Big Planet. I never really. I mean, I love the trolls like Media it, Molecule do. Like everything they do is incredible. But they're like it just it never really clicked for me. It controls like shit. That's why it's uh, it's <laughs> like the everything about it is perfect. I love Little Big Planet, right? But the controls are jank, right? The jumping just is not good. The physics are weird when you jump. Like, I need to know what's happening when I jump, and I don't know what's... Like, do you remember when, um, like, Banjo-Kazooie, my favourite game of all time, the spiritual successor, Ukulele, came out, right? I was excited for this game for bloody years. I backed the Kickstarter. Here we go. Came out, and the jumping was wrong. There was no weight to it. I could... I did When I jumped, I had no idea where I was going to land, right? There was no sense of weight to anything that you did. Banjo-Kazooie has a very tangible sense of weight. You feel very much like gravity is an actual thing in this game. And when you jump, 
you're going to land somewhere, right? And you know where you're going to land because you can feel it. When you, when you jump, you can feel the physics at work. Um, with uh, the, the game that you just said a second ago, what was the game you just said a second ago? Rayman Legends? No, the game a second ago. What, um, Little Big Planet. Little, Little Big, Big Planet, Planet, exactly. Yeah. Um, I jump on that game. I literally have, I could not tell you where I was landing. An absolute travesty of a jump button. Wonderful. I think I think it's a really good point you raised because, like you say, in the late nineties, early two thousands, you could literally chuck your hat out and it would land on a, a platform, a game franchise of some kind, and they're kind of few and far between now, other than a couple of beloved ones. And I think maybe half the problem is that maybe the kind of general vibe is it has to have a massive sprawling narrative of some kind, which is the only sort of platformers we have now are sprawling narrative whether it's you think about um uh, we're talking about earlier um with with rift apart um uh, ratchet and clank like they seems there needs to be like a, a warranted for its existence where in the sort of late 90s early 2000s it didn't have to be that way it was just a you're a frog and you're jumping Mate, across a road problem, wasn't it restart do you guys ever play restart for the sega mega drive no, I had a neighbour who man. had it who spoke highly of it. So good. Those games are so damn good, man. Do you remember, um, is it Zool? Do you remember Zool? Yeah, Zool? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Classic. Come on, man. Come Although on. I still want to just say, are you a god? Whenever I hear that. But uh, but yeah, it's just like maybe, we. I think maybe we're hankering for just just some great gameplay and you don't have to stick the, the massive movie narrative around it as well. I think the proof in the pudding will be the new Metroid game. Right, because that's going to be the first two D scrolling platformer in this ilk uh, for a long time, and maybe the sales of that might let people go. Oh, people maybe really like this. I think maybe it's drew a little bit of revival. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with this. If you could, out of all those franchises you've discussed, and I think we've talked about this in a in a wheel spin before. Um, huh, that show wheel spin. Um, anyway, they should. Um, if you could pick one of them now to not do like a a complete re- well, a reimagining with the things it's got, like the, you know, the, the suits and ups and everything else. If you could revisit some of those platform worlds, where, where would you like to see it go? Banjo-Kazooie. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good, okay, Banjo-Kazooie aside. Um, no, look, I, for, for what it's worth, I think um, Naughty Dog are bonkers for not trying to do another Jack and Daxter game. Look how well a Rat Chain Clank does. Mm. Um, Jack and Daxter is an incredible IP. Um, all, all games really well reviewed. Um, I think it's a shame that they've just gone full bore into the Last of Us super serious stuff when they were incredible at making other types of games. Um, mm-hmm. And I really wish they would, even if they made like a spin-off studio, like a, you know what I mean? Like how, you know, like how Ubisoft have like a separate studios that do kind of different, more niche things. Yeah. I just wish they'd go, you know what? Here's a department, go make another Jack and Daxter game. Because I think they, they had the tools and they have the talent. They do have the tools and the talent to make it. You know, I'd like. You know, I'd like to see come back. And I know it's kind of cheating because it's IP outside of video games. But that Ducktales platformer game, man, mate, that era, that era, right? The Ducktales Mega game, Drive, right? Mickey Mouse Lion and King. Donald, Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck Castle of Illusion. Come on, yeah, come on, yeah. man. That that music is ingrained in my brain, man. Aladdin. Oh, line. yeah yeah i know they done like a remaster a few years back but that was just a poor it wasn't that was good like Which they charged do, a million pounds for as well yeah like i don't want to have to i don't want to pay a king's ransom for that sort of stuff if, if i want to pay a king's ransom then give me king gameplay right give me king graphics i want to see that sort of stuff i don't want to see you just taking an emulator and sticking it on next gen moles could do that for me for a fiver yeah. um quack shot love that game Shot, oh, man. come mate. on! Yes. yes, Teenage Mutant um, Ninja Turtles. No, oh, there, there's a new um, CMTMT. Yeah. I'll say it again. A TMTM. I can't say that. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles uh, game coming out soon in the style of the the latest, um, you know, your um, Streets of Rage stylies of the world uh, coming out really soon. In fact, it's the guys who done Streets of Rage, wasn't it? The guys who remade Streets of Rage. That studio, they're doing the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, Revenge of Shredder game and it looks just like the arcades back in the 90s can they do the same with the simpsons game then oh that was classic wasn't it like oh, give me that, or give me we're, that we're gonna... give me that hit and run simpsons game as well like, oh that was a classic would you, would you consider that a platformer no that's like a, oh, oh, that's a, I'd, say it's a I'd say it's a fighting game it was like a kid's it's gta a scrolling fighting game well i know no, simpsons hit and run, run. basically crazy text that's gta 
That's, G- that's GTA, yeah. Crazy Taxi. But really if, underrated though. It's time though, weren't it? But would you class that as a platformer? Nah. No. Okay. I mean, you do jump you can, sometimes, but yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a tough one, isn't it? But um, you don't think platformer when someone says platformer. So you don't think those games, do you? you do like say, you know, I'd love to see Ducktales come back. That'd be that'd be incredible. And just that music. There you go. I think that's a great way to let's round the pod off on that because I want that song stuck in your head now. Um, so anyway, thank you so much. If you've got a platformer that we've not discussed or want to hear our thoughts on something else on the subject, get in contact with us on Twitter at GreyFoxPlays. But I want to take a moment to thank my co-host, my man, the Souls Man. And if Michael, if you need anything, my friend, you got it. <laughs> anything at all? You've got it. <laughs> What's the next one? Anything anything at all. Anything at all, yeah? Okay. Um, You've got it. Pleasure to be here, my friend. You keep inviting me back every week. I'm not quite sure why. Um, I will continue to talk when asked to talk. There we go. We'll be joined by another co-host as well, uh, either next time or a time after. A gentleman who works at Square Unix is going to be uh, christening this microphone with his very opinion, so looking forward to that. But I want to say a big thank you to our man in the chair, Jonathan Moles. Thank you very much, fellas. Pleasure as always. And thank you, Mr. Moles. Anyway, to our listeners, uh, make sure you get a vaccine, keep two metres apart. And guess what, Michael, did did you know something? What's that? I heard, I heard football's coming somewhere. Is it? It's not going to Duckburg, is it? No, no, no. Uh, race cars, lasers, airplanes, it's a duck blur. But uh, I do believe it's coming home, I Coming home, I've heard this, I've heard this. And it... Man, we discussed this on the other pod I do, you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Do you want to oh, sorry, sorry. Come and listen to that. Politics, football and video games, I agree. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, it's been a pleasure serving you all. We will speak to you very, very soon. <laughs>